Well, good morning again. Daniel Valdez again. It is a pleasure and an honor to talk to you again, whether you're on YouTube or one of the podcast streaming podcast streaming services. I don't know. It's, it's been a couple of weeks since I've recorded one of these. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, nice, nice to hear from you, and hopefully it is nice to hear from me. Uh, thank you all so much for joining. Today is going to be a little bit of a special day because Mother's Day is this Sunday, so I'm going to talk about my personal issues. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about mom for a little bit and uh, and the, the relationship her and I have formed through the marching arts, and it's a bit of an interesting one, and I'll, I got a lot of context to give you behind that sort of stuff, and uh, I don't know, we'll tie it into marching band and all that fun stuff. Uh, before we start, no real news on the front, on the news front or whatever about, uh, you know, when the season's going to start or how it's going to work and what's going to happen or, or I don't, you know, it's just kind of a big question mark. Uh, it is a good sign that um, that colleges are already declaring that they're going to they're going to open up back in the fall, probably look different, uh, you know. Each university is going to be a little bit different in how they decide to handle it, whether it's going to be half on campus or half digital or whatever they want to do. But it is a good sign uh, that uh, they're going to go forward with opening classes in the uh, fall semester. So we'll see what that means for our uh, wonderful activity. So let's talk. Let's talk Mother's Day stuff. Let's talk about mom for a little bit. And I'm trying not to get too emotional on it or anything. She's not sick or anything. It's not what I'm doing it or anything like that. Like, she's perfectly healthy. Uh, but I wanted to just kind of share experiences and whatnot and how, uh, you know, how she kind of helped me through my musical career. And I put that in quotes. And I will always put that in quotes because I'm technically not a musician anymore. So, um, so let's talk. Uh, obviously, she was the biggest supporter of my little musical endeavor and it was almost done blindly almost kind of like an act of blind faith and let me explain why uh my mother lost her father when she was everyone's like "Ooh, this got deep <laughs> uh my mother lost her father when she was i think 14 or 15 years old there was a house of eight kids there. So it was her mom plus eight kids that were relatively around the same age. Um, so she really didn't, she didn't get to experience too many extracurricular activities because when that happened, two things happened. Whenever you've got a large family and one of the parents passes away, two things happen. One, you don't really want to do anything outside of you know, hey, I got to go to school and that's it. And two, I mean, the family basically went into survival mode. You know, we got to, like, you know, we got to pay bills and whatnot. And we got to make sure we have food on the table to survive. So um, she didn't get, she didn't have a chance to do very many extracurricular activities because all of a sudden it became, hey, we need, the family needs to survive. So she didn't get, you know, the extracurricular activity stuff. She didn't really participate in that stuff when she was younger. Uh, I have an older brother. I have an older sister, Jesse and Naomi, respectively. 
Uh, they are older than I am. They are about 13 or 14 years older than I am. No, I am not adopted, I promise. Uh, <laughs> and if you're watching on YouTube right now, they are in the, that's the thumbnail, fo that's the thumbnail photo. You can see me, that is when I was eight years old. Yes, the hair is the exact same, and I'm proud of that. Uh, so my brother and sister, uh, did not really participate in extracurricular activities, especially in high school. They had, you know, they had their issues in high school trying to get schoolwork done and, you know, just other things that were going on. So they didn't really participate in that stuff. So think about it. Mom didn't really participate in stuff that required a lot of practice after school. My brother and sister didn't really participate in that stuff. Then, you know, Jackass Daniel shows up and goes, Hey, <laughs> I want to play music. I want to pl play really loud music in the house all the time. And uh, <laughs> mom was like, okay, sure. So uh, part of elementary school music class was that you played the recorder. Yes, you played the recorder. You learned about treble clef a little bit, and you learned how to about time signatures and how to clap rhythms, but... The main thing was the recorder, and we did recorder concerts, and I'm sure all the parents were just sitting there with earmuffs on thinking, oh, gosh, I hope this is a phase. Uh, so she bought me my first recorder. It was five bucks. I'm pretty sure she still has it in the house somewhere at her, at, at, at her place. Um, I haven't seen that thing in forever. So, um, you know, she bought me that thing and, you know, learned to play it, and I learned to play it pretty well. To the point where I was like, you know what, I think I want to be in band in middle school. And she goes, okay. And I was like, and I want to play baseball and I want to play basketball too. And she goes, uh, okay. <laughs> like, we made a deal right as I was going into the sixth grade. She said, the second your grades slip, I'm taking everything away. <laughs> uh, everything. I'm taking the instrument away. I'm taking the basketball away. I'm taking the baseball away. I'm taking everything away. Your grades are number one. And that's how old school my mom is a very old school person like there's no compromise it is you, the second your grade slip and keep in mind I was a very good student all the way through my academic career all the way through you know kindergarten all the way through college uh, my grades rarely slipped and when they did you would have thought that you know mom would just hit the panic button and she would try to investigate what led me to get three B's on my report card like it was that <laughs> it was that kind of environment um, so I remember I remember her being enthusiastic about basketball and baseball but the music thing was just kind of like ah, it's probably just a phase uh, we all know that <laughs> it turned out to be a, a really 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 long phase um, I remember she took me to the middle school Jackson Middle School in San Antonio and it was like instrument tryout day. It was like pick your sixth grader, you pick out your instrument. What they had us do is they had, a, had us fill out a form and they said, okay, fill out, put your name down and put down three instruments you want to play. And if you want to, you can rank them. So going into sixth grade, going into that room, I wanted to play three. I had my three instruments. This is what they were. Number one was trumpet. Number two was trombone. Number three was percussion. Not a woodwind instrument in sight. Uh, 
I walked in with those three instruments in mind, and 30 minutes later, I walked out of that room, and I walked out of that band hall, an oboe player. I don't know how it happened, but uh, (laughs) it happened, and the rest is history. I remember going back to the car, and she said, what did they, what did you choose? And I go, well... I didn't really choose, and I just handed her this piece of paper that had oboe with circles and stars around it, and that's the way the form came, and it just said, like, it had, like, little explanations of each instrument, like, this is what it is, and this is how they contribute to the band as a whole. For the double-reeded instruments for oboe and bassoon, it was circled, and it had stars next to it, and it said, star instrument gets a lot of solos, I'm paraphrasing here. It has a lot of solos, you know, a lot of it practice needed, all this stuff. And she goes, what's an, what's an elbow? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I already annoy this woman enough. And now I have to explain. I was like, I didn't even know what it was. I honestly didn't know what it was. I didn't know. I mean, who knows that going into sixth grade? Not very many kids. So I was like, oh. I was like, well, let's do some research. And I'm like, this is what it is and everything. So... So that happened. So I was like, okay, I got to try to get her on board. So I had to kind of explain, as I learned more about the instrument, I had to explain, you know, the different materials I needed. And here's the thing. Anybody, parents, I'm talking to you, if you have a double reed player in the house, you know a couple of things. Number one, you're going to hear very interesting sounds coming from the room when they practice. And number two, it is an expensive instrument. Not just the hardware itself, not just the actual instrument itself, but, uh, you know, you got to buy, you know, wood and (laughs) corks and, uh, yarn and a knife and all sorts of stuff to make reeds. And then you got to pay for private lessons. It's almost like they don't, it's like you can't get an oboe player's license unless you take private lessons. It's almost, it's not just highly encouraged. It's almost required. And uh, not to say it's not for every other instrument. It's just really, really highly suggested. So I had to say, you know, hey, before I started taking private lessons, hey, I need a read. Hey, I need this. And those are like, depending on where you go, a pre-made oboe read can cost like 10 or 12 bucks. We didn't have a lot of money back then. So, you know, I was trying to convince her that, you know, this is worth it. You know, I know it's expensive and I'm really sorry and... You know, she would get frustrated anytime I needed to read. Just be, and and I understood where she was coming from. She was, she didn't know about what I was doing. Like she was just a bunch of, I was just gonna go over there and play music. She didn't know much about her the instrument, and you know, the internet was just still in its infancy, so it was difficult to find information about that sort of stuff and try to get into it. And you know, it was just. It was difficult for her because she's trying to connect with me on that stuff, and it was it was it was a tough time. It was a tough time doing that. So, so that thing happened. So then I go, so I go through middle school, and the grades stay up, and I start getting pretty decent at the instruments. So I go, okay, mom, here's what I want to do. She's like, what do you want to do for high school? I was like, here's what I want to do. I got two options here. Uh, number one, I want to try out for the basketball team because I had a decent jump shot. She was like, okay, that's great, very enthusiastic. Number two. I said, I want to try out for the band. She goes, oh. (laughs) 
Like, he's still not out of this phase yet. I'm like, I'm sorry. I said, here's, I, I gave her a plan. I said, here's what I want to do. I want to practice for like the next month and a half, like super hard, like really, really hard. Get all my major scales down, minor scales, arpeggios, chromatic. I want to play the prepared piece as best as I can. I'll basically want to memorize it. I want to do as best as I can. I want to go all out with this. If I don't like the placement I got, if I don't like the placement I receive from the band, then I'll just say that I'm not going to join the band and then I'll try out for the basketball team. If I didn't make the basketball team, then I have I had no backup plan. <laughs> I had no backup plan. I probably would not be talking to you right now. Uh, so she goes, okay. So I practiced my horn and did that whole thing, and I was like, okay, cool. Go into the I go into the audition. It's very intimidating. Uh, show up, directors are there. Play my stuff. Leave the room. Uh, I ended up making top ensemble wind ensemble my freshman year second chair uh, and there were like nine or ten oboe players in the school or something like that so I was like okay well then I guess I'm joining band so I tell mom about that I'm super excited and she's like well I'm really proud of you so and then she goes are you sure you're not gonna try out for the basketball team I was like well I can't I mean <laughs> it's not it's almost impossible we actually had one trombone player who was on the basketball team and did band I don't know how he did it but that guy was awesome uh so I was like, okay, I'm a, I guess I'm a band person now. So then I was like, okay, well, here's the thing. Uh, I can't play my oboe during marching band. I need a saxophone. She goes, what? Another instrument? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing to this woman? Uh, fortunately, I, have a, I had a cousin who played saxophone in the band, uh, in a different band in, in a different school in the city. So uh, he lent me, he loaned me his saxophone. Uh, for the two years that I played saxophone and I was drum major junior, senior year. Um, so I got to do that. And then, you know, as we all know, marching band can be very expensive, especially if you're part of a really, really awesome group that goes and travels to uh, BOA regionals and travels to nationals. And those trips are very expensive and there's instrument fees and there's uniform things and the costs add up. So it was... It was a, it was a tough sell. Like, oh, you know, the instrument fees do, Mom. I'm sorry, and the uh, you know, you know, in, you know, uniform fees do. And oh, by the way, I need eight hundred dollars to go to uh, <laughs> to go to nationals <laughs> my senior year. Pretty please. Uh, fundraising was a lot more difficult to do back then, um, just because they're the the amount of revenue streams, the amount of fundraising streams are multiplied nowadays because of the internet and, you know, you're able to, you know, social media and whatnot. It's very difficult to, to fundraise money for a band cave back then. So I remember, when was it? I want to say it was my sophomore year. And we had planned a trip to Washington, D.C. We were going to visit all sorts of stuff. We were going to visit the Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, all that stuff. And um, it was... The, the rule in the district was you could take any trip out of state as many years in a row as you want, but we would, we're more likely to approve the trip if you're going to be competing at some point. So we're like, okay, fine. So we go, so we booked some sort of random wind ensemble festival, which we did, we won that thing. And uh, so we booked that. So I was like, hey, this is what the trip 
is going to cost. And my mom, I remember her telling me flat out, you're not going. I said, what? And she's like, you're not going. It's too expensive. And I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I need, and this was at a, this was at a time in my life when I was, I was struggling a little bit with school, but struggling meaning, you know, mostly B's during class. I was distracted. Um, and, you know, I was going through that teenager phase where it was just like, you know, the world sucks and, you know, that whole thing. Uh, so I wasn't having a good time and I just kind of really needed to get out of the house even if it costs like 600 bucks or something like that. And um, I remember making a deal with her, you know, hey, if I get my grades up, if I mow the lawn, if I do this, do this, do this, she goes, okay. So that whole thing happens and I, I'm able to go on the trip and it was a big turning point because I had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I got to see Washington, D.C. and I got to, you know, be away from my parents for a little bit and it was really neat. Um, then senior year came along and now keep in mind during this whole time and I'll go ahead and explain this a lot of people who listen to this show or this ep- this silly little show that I do a lot of parents and a lo- are very enthusiastic about volunteering uh, being a part of the Band Booster organization and doing everything that they can for the program and I love you all to death you all are you all make you, you impact your kids' lives in ways that you have that you'll never know because of how enthusiastic and how gung ho you are about uh, helping the Brian program out. And it's really neat to see. I didn't necessarily have that. <laughs> um, uh, Mom would do she would she would work the concession stand mainly my senior year. It was almost like an obligation because I was that I was the head drum major that year. So it would, you know, I just, I kind of coaxed her into it. I was like, I kind of need you to play ball here. <laughs> like, I know you get most of the information from me about what's going on with the band and stuff like that, but I would really appreciate it if you volunteered in some way. She's like, well, I'll sell concessions. I was like, okay, cool. And it's not that she didn't love me or anything like that. It's just that wasn't her thing. I have very old school parents. My stepdad and mom are very old school. They come from, they both came from households where, the parents didn't go to school for anything positive. If you were asked to go to school, if you know, back then, and I mean way back then, when they were being raised, the, the, if the parents were asked to be at school, the first thought was, okay, what did he do wrong? What did he do? How much is it going to cost me? Like, it was kind of that fatalistic attitude. So, I had to kind of break her of that. I was like, hey, you know, is there anything you can do for volunteer work? She's like, well, I'll do concessions. I'll, I'll sell some concessions at the football game. Of course, we had the deal where we sold concessions for the football games, and of course, that money went directly to the band. Um, and yes, that sort of fundraiser thing went, you know, that's been around forever. That's, you know, that's a great revenue stream there for the program. So she would do that, and, you know, when it was time to perform at halftime, she would stop slinging Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and she would come out there and and watch me, and I always tried to find her in the stands. Anytime, uh, anytime we were coming off the field, I was always able to find her and kind of wave and, you know, connect with her like that. Um, let's talk about blind that whole blind faith thing for a second. 
my mom really wanted me to play sports because it was a good outlet. It was a good way to use my energy. Obviously, I have a lot of it. And um, it was something she could get. It was something she understood. She could sit through a basketball game. She could sit through a baseball game. She could do all that stuff. But the music thing was a little bit different. Uh, it was a hard sell because she had a hard time connecting with it. Um, and I really appreciated that because she never gave up on that. She would go to the concerts. She would go to the football games. Uh, she didn't really go to the contest. It wasn't really her thing, which I, which I told her was perfectly okay. Don't worry about it. You know, I'll be safe and I promise I'll come back, you know. I'll, I'll try to come back with something shiny around my neck or something. Um, but she she understood how much that meant to me. So she kind of blindly followed it. Like, I don't really understand. And she told me this once. She's like, I don't... I kind of wish you had played sports. But I can see that you're really good at this. So I will always be behind you, no matter what you want to do with music. And I really, and you know, of course I owe her everything because, you know, some parents would kind of just, you know, I don't understand this and I don't want to understand it. Um, and then they kind of haphazardly participate in their kids' activities. Um, but no, she was always asking me how practice went, um... One of the things she used to do, and I loved this, was during my senior year, my niece, she would take care of my niece. My niece was like three or four at the time that I was a senior. And mom would bring her by every now and then at the end of practice. And, you know, <laughs> she, my little niece, my mom would go, how does Dan, because I'm, I'm on the front podium and my mom would tell my niece, how does Daniel go? bum 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 and of course she would giggle and laugh and stuff and I would go over and give him big sweaty hugs because you know that's what I do and uh you know she I remember her doing that and it was it was really nice because there's some sometimes there were some rehearsals where you know I was really run down and I tried to keep the energy up and just kind of seeing her out there um with my niece was really uh was that was really nice of her to do There was a story I was going to tell right now, but I forgot what it was. Anyways, um, yeah, and she even said during college, like, when I, when I was going to college, she's like, if you want to do the music thing, you know, do, do what you need to do. I ultimately decided not to do that. But, uh, you know, she still asks, you know, she asks, are you still doing the, are you going to go to the, are you going to go to the drum corps contest this year? And, uh... I told her that, you know, unfortunately DCI was canceled this year. And she goes, oh. And then she kind of looked at me for a second like, like, are you okay? And I said, I was like, oh, it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's, there's nothing we can do about it. It's, it's sad, but, you know, it is what it is. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was supportive the entire way. Even when she didn't understand what the heck I was doing. I mean, she didn't know the instrument I was playing. She didn't, I mean... I mean, what more can you ask for? <laughs> she's the best. And um, I'm glad she's still around. I'm glad she's, you know... 
I'm glad we're able to, you know, I'm over at my parents' house at least once a week having breakfast or just talking to him about, you know, whatever's going on. Um, you know, I'm glad to have her around still. And, you know, she's getting up on years. She's in her 70s. Um, yeah, I know. I'm old. Um, so, you know, if you still have your mother around, obviously, hug him a little tighter this year. <laughs> it was uh, the last couple of months. And the last couple of months, I've done their grocery shopping. Like, I told I like... I, what did I see? I saw something yesterday. It wasn't that yesterday, but like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's a big gap in time. I don't care. Um, there was something on there that said, you know, the roles have been reversed. Kids are yelling at their parents for leaving the house, <laughs> for sneaking out and leaving the house to go get groceries. The last couple of months, I've gotten my parents' groceries. I was like, you're not going anywhere. You give me a list of what you need, and I will go to the grocery store, and I will buy you whatever the hell you want. You tell me what you want. You need ice cream. You need a specific ice cream. You need something. You need whatever, and be as descriptive as possible because it was the last thing I wanted. Last thing I want to do is buy the wrong tomato because I know I'm never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> um, so, um, I like doing things for them um, because they are both, you know, they're they're getting older, and you know, when this whole pandemic thing hit, I was very scared for them. I was. I didn't want anything to happen to them. Uh, my stepdad has underlying uh, health issues. Mom is pretty healthy. And, uh, you know, I just didn't, you know, I want him around for a while. <laughs> that's, that's, pretty, that's, that's, that, that's pretty much the skinny of it. But, yeah, the whole music career thing, the whole marching band thing, you know, when I needed money to go on trips, she was there. When I needed to go to practice... She was there. I mean, there were times where she's like, how many times are you going to practice? <laughs> I think she said that like freshman year. How often do you guys practice? I was like, we practice practically every day. Then we got a football game. You know, it takes a lot of work. Um, but, you know, I needed to go to practice. She was there. I needed to go to a concert. She was there. I figured out the story I was going to tell you. Um, sophomore year, I had a concert at UTSA. And it was one of those concerts, and I've explained it in the past, where... Um, it was me and a flute player playing like a duet with an uh, with an orchestral background <laughs> and the, with the orchestra in the background. It was crazy that I got those opportunities so young. So she took me to the concert, and she dressed up and she was like, "I'm gonna I'll sit in the concert and you know it's just one piece, right?" And I was like, "Yes, mom, it's only one piece." So I was like, "It's one piece, and then I'll be done, and then you can do whatever, you can leave or whatever." So she drops me off like where the music department is, and I said, "Oh, I think the." Um, I think the, the auditorium is around the corner. She goes, okay. So I go in, I warm up, I go on stage, I play my thing, great, awesome, I get off stage. I come back out, and this is it was upon a total of about 45 minutes. I come back out, and she's got this really angry look on her face. And I'm laughing, and I'm like, hey, we did, you know, we did, the, I did pretty well, right? And she goes, I never went inside. I said, what do you mean? And she goes, I don't know where the auditorium is, Daniel. I didn't. I missed everything. <laughs> she got lost. On, she got lost on UTSA campus. She's like, I got lost. I didn't know where it was. Nobody knew where this concert was. I said, so you were outside for forty-five minutes? She's like, yes, I was. Let's go. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I didn't know where it was. Like, I didn't. 
what was I supposed to do? I drove that woman insane. I still do. But you know what? That's one of the perks of having a mom. You drive them crazy. You make weird decisions like playing oboe and playing in the marching band and asking them to sell uh, Chick-fil-A sandwiches and, you know, ask them to wear the buttons and put the decals on the cars and listen to you practice even though they don't want to. You ask them, you ask your moms so much to do so much for you and to put up with you so much, especially if you're a part of the music project, especially you're part of marching band. And they do it. Even if they don't understand, it's that blind faith that a mother has for their children that makes them special. So, in honor of mom, raise your glass. Thank you, mom, for everything that you did. Thank you for all the reads. Thank you for taking me to the concerts. Thank you for putting up with me. And um, happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to everybody out there um, listening. Uh, And, yeah. Just you all are the best. I really appreciate you all. And, um, you know, here's to another year with your mom. I am done here, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week, and uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I'm done here. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye.